This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Listen, I'm a humble person. When I need to issue an apology, I'll do it. If I need to do it if the other person is deserving of an apology. So I want to start the show tonight by issuing an apology to Fox News. I apologize for criticizing your crazy, insane, petty, desperate, pathetic rules about re-airing excerpts from the GOP debate. In fact, I'd like to thank you for banning us from ever having to watch that GOP debate again. My gosh. Longest two hours of my life. So boring. Such losers on that stage. None of them can save our country. And I know I'm going to get emails that say, oh, Liz, you're being so cynical. You're being so negative. Who's supposed to fight for us if it's not one of those people on the stage? I don't know the answer to that. All I know is that none of them, none of the people on that stage understand the reality of the political enemy that we are face, that we are facing. Let me, let me read you a, a text message that I got from my sister. My sister is 20 years old. She's in college. She watched just a tiny bit of the debate. She's not particularly politically active, but she knows politics. She texts me and she says, I don't like anyone at the debate. I texted her back and said, welcome to my life. She said, they're all full of it. They're not even good at faking it. Squishy. I can't even listen. How do you listen to this every day? And I thought, thank you. Thank you for understanding me. Thank you for getting me. Listen, if you weren't so unfortunate as to be subjected to the debate, let me give you a quick summary. First, we had Ron DeSantis, whose best line, if you want to use such a positive word as best, his best line was, fire Fauci. But he issued it in a robotic voice. Clearly, the debate stage is not Ron DeSantis' strong point, which you can argue doesn't impact policy, but like it or not, it does impact a presidential run. It does impact a campaign. Then we had Nikki Haley, perhaps the most annoying person on the stage last night with her girl power. If you want something talked about, have a man talk about it. If you want something done, have a woman talked about it. Like what, are you, are you trying to be Hillary 2.0? Knock it off. Then we have Vivek Ramaswamy. I gotta tell you about Vivek. I gotta tell you, I like the guy. I actually enjoy watching him. He was getting hammered pretty hard on X last night by a lot of my fellow conservatives about being fake or being unlikable. I like him, but I don't trust him. It's a weird conundrum, isn't it? Then we have Governor Burgum. Who? Even my iPhone doesn't know that name. It, it, every time I typed it last night, it kept auto-correcting to Bergen. No one knows who you are. We had Vice President Pence, who was essentially a Ukraine simp. He was the most experienced person at debating on that stage, you could tell, but who cares? Who cares? Who does Vice President Mike Pence think is going to vote for him? No one. We have Asa Hutchinson, who vetoed a ban on child trans surgeries, which is literally the only thing you need to know about the man disqualified. We had Chris Christie, who was playing the role of the angry potato, and we have Tim Scott, who seems genuinely likable. He seems like a, a nice man, a good person, uh, very, very nice demeanor, maybe a great candidate for the Republican Party in the 1990s. There you go. 20 seconds. You didn't have to watch the debate. We do actually have some of the best moments and some of the worst moments. Uh, 
And believe you me, they're going to be short. We're not going to be able to get too much. The first moment that really was a good moment, if I trusted Vivek Ramaswamy at all, and I just can't shake this feeling that I don't trust him. He did have a great answer when he was asked about the future of our country and climate change and energy independence. This is one of the best answers of the debate. Take a look at this. Hallway. I've been in the West Wing. A president of the United States has to confront every crisis facing America. I will put our nation back on the path to growth and prosperity and restore fiscal responsibility, just as I did in Congress and as governor Mr. Vice president. and when I was vice president. But you were named earlier. I'm going to get Vivek first. We'll get to both of them. This isn't that complicated, guys. Unlock American energy, drill, frack, burn coal, embrace nuclear. Put people back to work by no longer paying them more to stay at home. Reform the U.S. Fed, stabilize the U.S. dollar, and go to war. The only war that I will declare as U.S. president will be the war on the federal administrative state that is the source of those toxic regulations acting like a wet blanket on the economy. So I'm not sure I exactly understood Mike Pence's comment, but I'll let you all parse that out. For me, it's pretty simple. That's something a U.S. president can do with focus, and I'll deliver on it. Well, let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you, if I can. I'll go slower this time. You know, I I sometimes struggle with the reading comprehension. Look, I was a a House conservative (laughs) leader before it was cool. I actually pushed a deficit reduction act that was the last time we actually reduced the national debt in the United States when I was the leader of House Conservatives. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not sure what kind of consultant allowed Mike Pence to describe himself as cool. (laughs) That's a miscalculation right there. Then we have DeSantis who actually did diagnose the problem in our country correctly, especially the political problems and what accelerated the political problems quite well. He's correct on this and he has a track record. This is not just words. This is backed up with his action as governor of Florida. So I do give him kudos for that. However, there's a slight caveat. This is, oh, did I, did I, do I credit this one? Is this what Fox has instructed me to say? This is a clip that aired on the Fox News channel. Let's watch it. So here's the thing. Why are we in this mess? Part of it and a major reason is because how this federal government handed COVID-19 by locking down this economy. It was a mistake. It should have never happened. And in Florida, we led the country out of lockdown. We kept our state free and open. And I can tell you this, as your president, I will never let the deep state bureaucrats lock you down. You don't take somebody like Fauci and coddle him. You bring Fauci in, you sit him down, and you say, Anthony, you are fired. 
Listen, he's correct. If you just read the transcript of that answer, I love it. That's one of my favorite answers of the entire debate. The problem is you have this robot presenting it. I saw someone on X, and I'm not sure who this was, so I can't properly credit you, but if it was you, I give you, I give you credit. I saw someone on X during the debate say, if you took Vivek's campaign strategy and DeSantis's policy, so you essentially took the, the charisma of Vivek and inserted that into DeSantis's campaign, then you'd have a winning, a winning proposition right there. But instead, you have the DeSantis campaign, which is really robotic, doesn't have a lot of life in it. People are already dismissing it because, let's face it, it's been kind of a disaster since he launched his campaign. And then you have Vivek, who's charismatic, articulate. He's quick on his feet. He's saying the right things. He knows the talking points. And yet, there's this shady quality that we're really not quite sure what to do with. And the shady quality is based on the fact that the things that he's saying now are not the same as the things that he was saying a year ago and two years ago and three years ago. In fact, they're so different that you would have to have a pretty, a pretty serious transformation or conversion in order to get from opinion A to opinion B. And yet we haven't heard any explanation from Vivek about this transformation or this conversion, which makes us feel like he might just be peddling populist talking points to make us feel like he's our candidate when really we're not sure how he would act as president or if his opinions would change again. But imagine for a second, you had the campaign strategy and the talking points of Vivek with a candidate, a principled candidate like DeSantis. That's what I want. And none of that was on the stage last night. Then of course we had Nikki Haley, uh, essentially just a simp for Ukraine. Take a listen to this. A win for Russia is a win for China. We have to know that. Ukraine is the first line of defense for us. And the problem that Vivek doesn't understand is he wants to hand Ukraine to Russia. He wants to let China eat Taiwan. He wants to go and stop funding Israel. You don't do that to friends. What you do instead is you have the backs of your friends. Ukraine is a front line of defense. Putin has said, if Russia, once Russia takes Ukraine, Poland and the Baltics are next. That's a world war. We're trying to prevent war. Look at what Putin did today. He killed Pergozin. When I was at the UN, the Russian ambassador suddenly died. This guy is a murderer, and you are choosing a murderer over, over a pro-American country. I'd hardly call Ukraine a pro-American country unless you're calling Ukraine's open hand pro-Ukrainian because they accept American money. Hardly. One of the things that I like the least about these debates are the show of hands questions. I only like those in Democrat debates when it puts Democrats on the spot. I hate those in Republican debates because the question always has a caveat. It's rarely a black and white yes or no question, and it really backs candidates into a corner that can be harmful for them. I hate that. However, it was useful to see the show of hands when the candidates were asked by the moderators which of them would continue funding Ukraine and which of them would discontinue funding for Ukraine. And we have that clip for you, but oh, wait a second. No, we don't because Fox News won't let us air any more clips from the debate. So let me just role play this for you. You have eight candidates on the stage. Candidate number one will continue funding Ukraine. Candidate number two, continue funding Ukraine. Candidate number three, continue funding Ukraine. Candidate number four, continue funding Ukraine. Candidate number five, Vivek Ramaswamy, the only candidate on that stage who said, I will stop funding Ukraine. Then candidate number six, candidate number seven, candidate number eight, all want to give more of your money to Vladimir Zelensky. One candidate on the stage, that's all. That's it. 
That's one of the most important answers of the entire night. And then of course, we have the counter-programming. We have the man who is the front runner for Republican nominee for president, the man who should have been center stage, the man who a lot of us wanted to hear from. I'm bummed that Trump didn't go to the debate, but listen, I don't blame him for skipping. I understand why. Who wants, I mean, these, these eight candidates on the stage essentially looked like chumps just by nature of being there because A, Trump wasn't there. B, the RNC had such strict controlling rules about sharing their email databases and their voter registration data and pledging to support whoever the Republican nominee was. And then Fox News' rules about actually using the clips They kind of looked like Trump's just being there. I wish Trump was there. He wasn't because Fox is restricting. This is the hilarious part of Fox's rules because Fox is restricting our ability to discuss the debate with you by showing the videos of what was actually said. That of course will cause a lot of us, I mean, we're gonna do it on the show, cause a lot of us to talk more about the Trump-Tucker interview that aired at the same time over on X. And isn't that ironic? Perhaps the two people that Fox News hates the most in all the world, Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson, and their Fox's rules are ironically throwing more coverage at Trump and Tucker than at their own debate. So we have this interview, which was very interesting, very interesting. And it started, um, it's a long interview. You should watch it start to finish. But the, the, the highlights of this interview were Trump asked, or Tucker asked Trump whether he thinks Epstein was killed or whether Epstein committed suicide. And this is what Trump said. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VTW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Do you think Epstein killed himself sincerely? I don't know. I, I will say that, you know, he was a fixture in Palm Beach. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Barr said about it either. I have no idea what he said. What did he say? He killed himself, probably? He said he killed himself and that they were going to do this investigation. They never did the investigation. It's never been public. And they hid it. And, like, why are they doing that? And clearly Barr knew. But why would Bill Barr be covering up the death of Jeffrey Epstein? Uh, Bill Barr didn't do an investigation on the election fraud either, okay? He said he did, and he pretended he did, but he didn't. Uh, uh, McSwain, the U.S. attorney in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia... Uh, said Barr, Barr just wouldn't let him do it. It was crazy. Barr became so petrified, so frightened of being impeached. We're going to impeach him. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. It's not a big moment in history. But they said, we're going to impeach. You know, they play a much rougher game, the left, the lunatics. And they were going to impeach Bill Barr. And he was petrified. Now, how do you not get impeached? Don't do any of this stuff. 
But he didn't do the job there. Uh, I don't know what he did with Epstein, but possibly he did Do you think do it's that. possible that Epstein was killed? Oh, sure, it's possible. I, I mean, I don't really believe, I think he probably uh, committed suicide. He had a life with, you know, beautiful homes and beautiful everything, and he, uh, all of a sudden, he's incarcerated and not doing very well. I would say that he did, but there are those people, there are many people, I think you're one of them, right? But a lot of people think that he, uh, he was killed. He knew a lot on a lot of people. He was killed. You I think, think so? I think the more, the closer you look, I'm not a conspiracy person at all. I believe everything I hear. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, the, the closer you look into it, I mean, the Attorney General of the United States, your Attorney General, yeah. clearly lied about the Epstein death. Yeah, and he was, why? he was, uh, certainly it wasn't well done. They had no cameras, they had no anything, everybody was sleeping, and you know, there, the, a case could be made, look. <laughs> I'm not going to get involved in it, but I can tell you, a case could be made either way, but uh, it certainly wasn't the most well-run place. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that Trump took that position. I'm surprised he doesn't believe, like many of us, that Epstein was obviously killed. I'm surprised. Now, that's not necessarily apropos of anything related to the upcoming election. Although you could make the argument that it is. You could make the argument that if you truly understand the reality of the political enemy that we face, then you understand that there's an underworld, a deep state that's powerful enough to do something like kill Jeffrey Epstein and get away with it. You could make that argument. Maybe Trump believes that and didn't want to say so. I don't know, but I was surprised that he took this position. Now, when Trump was asked about Joe Biden, this is what he said. But Joe is really- But you don't think he's gonna make it to November of 20? Well, I, I think he's worse uh, mentally than he is physically, and physically he's not exactly uh, a triathlete or any kind of an athlete. You look at him, he can't walk to the helicopter. He, he walks, he can't lift his feet out of the grass. You know, it's only two inches at the White House, right? That's not a lot. But you watch him and it looks like he's walking on toothpicks. So, and then you see him in the beach where he can't lift a chair. You know, those chairs are meant to be light, right? They're like two ounces. Yeah. You lift them up. He can't lift the chair. He can't walk to the chair. And I, I don't know what they're doing with the beach. You know, this beach is seeming to play a big role, but they love pictures of him on the beach. I think he looks terrible on the beach. He looks terrible on the Skinny beach. Skinny legs. Well, he can't walk through the sand. You know, sand yeah. is not that easy to walk through, but when he walks through it, he can't walk through the sand. And there's somebody in there that thinks he looks fabulous at the beach. I think he looks horrible at the beach. Plus, the beach doesn't represent what a president's supposed to be doing. You're supposed to be working. You're supposed to be getting us out of that horrible, horrible war that we're very much involved in with Russia and Ukraine. You could do that. You could do that very easily. I believe you could do that very... I don't believe he could do it because he's just incompetent. But that's a war that should end immediately, not because of one side or the other, because hundreds of thousands of people are being killed. Can you imagine you're in an apartment house and rockets are going into that building and blowing it up and knocking it down? And who, who can, why, why should anything, why should anybody, human beings, these are human, whether they're Russian or Ukrainian or whatever they are, it's gotta be stopped and it can be stopped very easily. It would have never started. If I were president, it would have never started. See, this is Trump at his best. Trump at his best when, first he's hilarious, get, painting us a picture illustrating Joe Biden walking on toothpick legs at the beach, how weak he is in the sand, can't even lift the chair. That's just funny. Like the funniest person that's ever been in politics, Donald Trump. 
100%. But also, think about that picture that I painted you because we weren't allowed to air the footage of all of those eight candidates on the GOP debate stage and only one, Vivek Ramaswamy, saying, I won't send any more money to Ukraine. And then you have President Trump, the actual contrast to the vast majority of those candidates who is saying not only will he not send any more money, he would put a stop to that war on day one. And in fact, that war would never have happened had he been president in the first place. And you know what? You believe him. You know that that's accurate because President Trump doesn't bluff. He would never have allowed Vladimir Putin to invade Ukraine without Vladimir Putin suffering consequences that Vladimir Putin didn't want to suffer. And when President Trump issues that threat to Putin, Putin knows that he's saying it and he will follow through. That's what was missing from the GOP debate stage. That's what's missing from any primary, any Republican primary that doesn't have Trump right now. Trump also addressed what his number one priority would be if he were president. Um, I guess it would be a priority for 2025 after winning the 2024 election. This is what he said. So last question, if you're elected president again, what's your top, your number one priority? When you ran last time, you said, I will build a wall. This time, your bottom line, top promise to the country. So you can do numerous things at the same time. Of course. But let's say number one is a border and taking hundreds of thousands of criminals that have been allowed into our country and getting them out and bringing them back to their country, Guatemala. By the way, not only the four countries that we think of as neighbors, all over the world. Last month, we had 149 countries represented. Think of it. We had 149 countries represented, Tucker, from places that many people never even heard of coming into our country. And they're coming in from mental institutions and they're coming in from prisons. They're emptying out their prisons all over South America. They're emptying out their mental institutions, terrorists, are pouring into our country. We have no idea. I had the strongest border in the history of our country, and I built almost 500 miles of wall. You know, they like to say, oh, was it less? No. I built 500 miles. In fact, if you check with the authorities on the border, we built almost 500 miles of wall, and I had another 200 that I was going to build. You know, it's like water. It seeks. And we're going to build another 200. We built it. It was all set to go. All they had to do was install it. It would have taken three weeks. And that's when I found out. I said, I think these people actually want open borders. Um, the first thing I would do would be uh, I would seal up the border good and tight, except for people that want to come in legally. And that's why I wish that President Trump was on the debate stage at that GOP debate, even though I fully understand the decision that he made and probably would make the same decision if I were in the same position as him. I'm interested in your thoughts. Who do you think won the debate? Did you watch the debate? Did you watch Tucker interviewing Trump? And what did you think of that? Go to LizWheeler.com. Let me know in the comment section. Go to X.com slash Liz underscore Wheeler. Let me know over there as well. So President Trump and all the other defendants in the Georgia or the Fulton County, Georgia indictments are required to surrender by noon on Friday. And President Trump is surrendering today. He's going to be arrested at Fulton County in Fulton County, Georgia, but he's actually one of the last of the defendants to surrender himself. We've had Rudy Giuliani. You can see they're doing mug, mug shots. They're treating all of these people um, like ordinary criminals. You can see these mug shots. Giuliani's mug shot came out yesterday. There he is. It actually kind of looks like his mayoral photo. It doesn't look like a mug shot to me. It just looks like he's looking up at like an, ele at an elevator camera or something. Sydney Powell surrendered herself. She had a mug shot. 
I think we have that one too. There's Sydney Powell. She looks about normal. Jenna Ellis surrendered herself as well. You can see that mugshot. She looks, I've never seen anyone look prettier in a mugshot than Jenna Ellis looks right now in this in this particular mugshot, I'm glad that she's a happy warrior. Actually, Jenna Ellis, I've known Jenna Ellis for a long time. We're at roughly the same age. We came into the conservative movement at about the same time. Um, we've been friends for a long time. And just so you guys know, she has to pay for her own defense fund, her own legal defense. No one else is paying for it. She probably needs half a million dollars to defend herself against this Intr- intrusion by the government sounds like a tame way to put it against this abuse of government against a private citizen because she acted as a lawyer. So um, I hope you'll join me in in supporting Jenna Ellis financially if you can. This is her legal defense fund. It's on GiveSendGo. It's GiveSendGo.com slash support Jenna. GiveSendGo.com slash support Jenna. I posted the link to this on X. You can go to X.com slash Liz underscore Wheeler. And I posted this. I hope you'll join me in supporting her. We have to support her. We have to enable her to fight back against this attack from the government because just as easily as it's happening to her, it could happen to you or it could happen to me. And I think that there's comfort in knowing that we have community around us, that there are other people, other patriots who would support us the way that we are supporting Jenna if this were to happen to us because it's completely unjust. It's so wrong. It makes me angry, as you can tell, just thinking about what she's going through, but there is something that we can do to help her. We can pray for her, we can encourage her, and we can support her financially if we can. John Eastman, who is an attorney, he's the author of the famous or the infamous Eastman memo, he surrendered himself as well. Now, the Eastman memo, for anybody who might not be familiar with this, I know a lot of you are, the Eastman memo was the legal memo that was given to Trump authored by John Eastman, in which Eastman made the argument that Mike Pence had the authority as vice president to reject the certification of the Electoral College. So yes, kind of a big deal, even though you might not recognize the guy's face. You might, he's he's not as prominent as Rudy Giuliani or Sidney Powell or Jenna Ellis, but he is arguably the one who gave, not arguably, he is the one who gave Trump the legal ammunition to pressure Pence the way that Trump has pressured him that caused this divide because Pence didn't agree with the Eastman memo. And we can have a larger discussion sometime about whether the Eastman memo is sound legal advice or not. It actually doesn't matter um, as it relates to this case because you are allowed to give someone bad legal advice. You are allowed to explore legal theories that are untested, novel legal theories, and it doesn't make it a crime. Of course, it doesn't make it a crime. John Eastman said that his process or the prosecution of him, the, the fact that he's been indicted and charged, that this is crossing the Rubicon for the entire country, not just for him. Take a listen to this. It represents a crossing of the Rubicon for our country, implicating the fundamental First Amendment right to petition the government for redress of grievances. As troubling, it targets attorneys for their zealous advocacy on behalf of their clients, something attorneys are ethically bound to provide, and which was attempted here by formally challenging the results of the election through lawful and appropriate means, an opportunity never afforded them or their clients in the Fulton County Superior Court. So two of the things that the prosecutor, Fannie Willis, probably in collusion with the Biden administration's Department of Justice, something that we could know for a fact and not just speculate about if House Republicans actually got their heads out of the sand and subpoenaed Fannie Willis and the Department of Justice for their communications. 
two of the things that Fannie Willis is trying to do is trying to turn people like Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Jenna Ellis and John Eastman against President Trump. She's trying to turn them into state witnesses to somehow rat on President Trump to get her the evidence that she lacks that President Trump committed a crime. Because right now she has no evidence that President Trump committed a crime. And it makes me very happy and very encouraged to see people like Jenna Ellis, like Rudy Giuliani, like John Eastman in this video talk about or, or state with such strength and certainty that this is an attack against them as American citizens, which shows me that they're not going to turn state witness. That's the first thing um, that the first thing that she's trying to do is turn them against each other. The second thing that she's trying to do, and by the way, by the way, Eastman is standing up for the other defendants as well, not just himself, which should be of some comfort to the other defendants. You can hear him say this uh, right here. My legal team and I will vigorously contest every count of the indictment in which I have been named, and also every count in which others are named, for which my knowledge of the relevant facts, law, and constitutional provisions may prove helpful. I am confident that when the law is faithfully applied in this proceeding, all of my co-defendants and I will be fully vindicated. Thank you all, ladies and gentlemen, very much. Sir, do you what believe about the, the false statements that were made? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So Fannie Willis wants these defendants to turn against each other and more specifically to turn against Trump to turn state witness. It seems that John Eastman is doing the opposite of that. He's pledging his attorney skills, his constitutional knowledge to defend his co-defendants. The other thing Fannie Willis wants is she wants to coerce each of these people to recant their claims that the 2020 election was stolen. And Eastman had a response to that as well. Let's take a look. And you won't answer on immunity from prosecution. You won't answer that. Do you think that the others in this case Absolutely, have a standing he on that? Absolutely, he says. Like okay, that's good. That's good on this. Uh, no comment. Absolutely, he says. The 2020 election was stolen. You gotta love that because Fannie Willis's prosecution hinges on these two assumptions that these witnesses, or these, not the witnesses, that these defendants will turn on each other and turn on Trump and that they'll recant their claims. And they are already proving that they will not do that. So President Trump is going to have a mugshot just like just like Giuliani, just like Sidney Powell, just like Jenna Ellis. Um, the sheriff of Fulton County said that they're gonna treat him just like a common criminal. In fact, this is what he can expect. This is from the Epic Times. I'm gonna bring this up. 
It says the Fulton County Sheriff claimed that Donald Trump will be treated like local inmates during the booking process with no special accommodations accorded, uh, accorded to the former U.S. president. If you're indicted, this is Sheriff Patrick Labatt, then we're going to treat you as though you're indicted here locally. And so we'll consider you to do fingerprints, mugshots, et cetera. Charles Rambo, a retired lieutenant of the sheriff's office, said that the media out or said to the media outlet that once inside, quote, they would be pat down, led to the booking office in the rear. From there, they would probably have ties and shoestrings and all those things taken. Then from there, the persons would be fingerprinted, even given a booking photo. Does this seem ironic to you that in the most highly secure, one of the highest security prisons in the United States, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was somehow able to kill himself because he had a bed sheet handy and no cameras trained on him. And yet, ostensibly for security purposes, they're gonna take President Trump's shoelaces away. Like something is wrong. Houston, we have a problem. This is backwards. This is evil. This is immoral. But hopefully President Trump is at least able to fundraise or something off of that mugshot. Hope he makes it his profile picture across the board. Um, the point is they want people to become violent. They want conservatives to commit acts of violence because we feel so much passion. We feel frustrated. We feel hopeless. We feel anger. They want us to commit violence. But of course, nobody is going to do that because as soon as even one crazy person does that, well, then we've fallen into the trap that the left has laid for us and they will crack down on everybody's speech because remember the crux of this case, the crux of this indictment is that speech is not free speech, that speech is violence. And because speech is being redefined as violence in the court system and by the left, therefore it can you can be indicted for speech that the left doesn't want. So if any nut commits violence because they are angry that the government is being weaponized against President Trump, then the left will point to that violence and say, see, proved our point. The speech caused violence. President Trump's speech incited whatever act of violence would happen. So conservatives, of course, are not going to be stupid enough to fall for that. All right, we have time for one more random thing from the internet. This is 1979, Life of Brian, predicted today. Let's watch. I want to be a woman. From now on, I want you all to call me Loretta. What? <laughs> it's my right as a man. Oh, Monty Python. Oh, why would you want to be Loretta, Stan? I want to have babies. You want to have babies? It's every man's right to have babies if he wants them. But you can't have babies. Don't you oppress me. I'm not oppressing you, Stan. You haven't got a womb. Where's the fetus going to just take? You're going to keep it in a box? I've got that idea. is hilarious. Agree that he can't actually have babies, not having a womb, which is nobody's fault, not even the Romans, but that he can have the right to have babies. Good idea, Judith. We shall find the oppressors for your right to have babies, brother, sister. Sorry. What's the point? What? What's the point of fighting for his right to have babies when he can't have babies? It is symbolic of our struggle against oppression. Symbolic of his struggle against reality. That is actually bananas that Monty Python recorded that in 1979. It, I, I mean, it almost sounds like a Babylon Bee skit from today watching what is happening. That is absolutely hysterical, hysterical. Great find, great video. Could not be more apropos. Um, could, could not be more apropos. All right, guys, thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. Make sure you pre-order my book, Hide Your Children, Exposing the Marxists Behind the Attack on America's Kids. You can go to hideyourchildrenbook.com. That's hideyourchildrenbook.com. 
I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.